0: Welcome to the Digital CXO Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bizzorn, and my guest today is, once again, Alan Schimmel, CEO of TechStrong Group, publisher of DevOps.com, Security Boulevard, Container Journal, TechStrong TV, and, of course, Digital CXO. Alan, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Welcome. Happy New Year to
1: you and our listeners. It's still, it's not too late to say Happy New Year, right?
0: No, I think you're good all the way to February in my account, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's dive in, shall we, now that we are in a new year. Everybody's kind of talking about the economy and where things are going and what the impact that's going to have on digital transformation. Some folks may be pulling in their horns and others are accelerating. What's your take on the overall state of the economy right now going into the new year? And what do you think the impact is going to be on some of these initiatives?
1: You know, Mike, I I wrote about this on um, DevOps Stock.com. In my yearly re- recap, 22, the year that was and wasn't. Because, you know, these macroeconomic conditions, <laughs> you know, all the bad news that we, we hear and we call macroeconomic are just really kind of weighing down on everything we're doing. But here's the good news yeah, 2022 was tough. We had, I call the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? You had COVID and other viruses, so sickness. You had inflation and, and the almost instinctual actions of the Fed and the other central banks that I think are just not going to be done raising interest rates till you know they bring on a good plenty recession. You had a war in Europe that we didn't think was going to be possible anymore, and and everything that that you know, bringing shocks to the energy system and everything else. how much longer can that go on? So we had war, sickness, inflation, and the fourth thing, just the, the isms, I call it, right? Nationalism, racism, anti-Semitism, uh, tribalism, all of these isms. And what effect these are gonna have, and those are your macro, and a lot of them are tied to economics, even if they're not directly economic. Those are your four factors. Any one of those four can ruin twenty twenty three for us in some ways, so look I wish I wish I could be more positive or give you more of a crystal ball. I do think that the war will be over in twenty twenty three between Russia and Ukraine, and there won't be any further involvement, and that'll help things in i t especially the other three I don't know, right The recession's probably the one that hangs over our head the most like the sword right.
0: Do you think ultimately, though, these issues force the digital transformation conversation? Because I would argue that organizations that are in process are better able to pivot when there are these types of events. And I know we all thought of COVID as a single black swan type of event, but it seems to me going forward that every year has some sort of new black swan event. So maybe we need to just assume the unexpected will be expected.
1: Yes. Yes and no, right? So with COVID, yeah, the data bore out that companies that were already moving towards digital transformation and then accelerated during COVID did better than companies that had not already put in place their digital transformation plans and hadn't already started. The the problem is almost a victim of their own success. We've had so much digital transformation acceleration over the last three years right have we reached a diminishing returns or incremental returns on continuing that are we going to see the laggard part of the mainstream that you know that other 30% start you know really acceler- accelerating and taking advantage of digital transformation you can have all the digital transformation you want but if people don't have money to buy things right we're still very much a consumer driven economy and service driven economy I mean, the good news is we haven't seen unemployment rise up. If it does, we got trouble, right? But if consumer spending and consumer confidence is down, digital transformation really, I mean, how much money do we save with digital transformation? I guess we could make that argument. Um, we're not going to automate our way out of this, I guess is my point.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you ever get the sense that maybe we're talking ourselves into a recession? Because every day somebody wakes up and says, we're going to have a recession, but then the numbers come out and it doesn't quite look like a recession. So what's going on here?
1: That's a really good question, Mike. So here, here's where I am. I hope and pray for a soft landing, you know, as, as some of the economists in the White House have hoped for. And I don't hold myself out to be an economics professor. Far from it. I never quite understood. I did do well in economics in school. But um, I do know that if you keep raising interest rates like this, you've got your foot on the throat of the economy. And if you don't take it off sooner or later, it dies. And, you know, the the other thing is, I, I frankly think that the Fed and some of the other banks were late recognizing how much inflation had kind of crept into the system. And they're late recognizing that perhaps it's past its peak. And this is the way of the world. You know, it cycles. It's cyclic. I don't think it's anyone's imagination, and we don't talk ourselves into a recession. I think consumer confidence is a really important aspect of, of our economy, you know, in the West, let's say. And, and quite frankly, I'll give you another wild card, my China. Right now, they're moving away from zero COVID. They're saying one to two million people might die of COVID in China this year. Wow. What's that going to do to that economy? Right? How are they going to handle, They, you know, as fast as they could build temporary hospitals or whatever, how's that going to sap the world economy with them dealing with that? Right? So those chickens are coming home to roost. So again, I don't want to be penny penny in the skies falling. But there are a lot of things lining up. We got to hope play out well for us to come out of this strong. That all being said, though, I'm bullish on the second half of 2023.
0: All right. Another issue that's floating around out there is this whole thing around sustainability. And it has historically been a bigger deal in Europe than elsewhere, but it seems to be gaining traction and I wonder if that's going to have an impact on the pace of digital transformation. And I'll give you just a simple example. It's like there's this new Avatar movie that's out and the amount of CPU horsepower that went into that thing is phenomenal. it's like something like, you know, billions of CPU cycles per month and the cost of creating it was phenomenal. Do you think that at some point we're gonna to have to look at what is the impact a lot of these digital initiatives is having on the climate and are they sustainable?
1: Well, look, I love the movie. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I think it was worth every CPU cycle in there. And also the 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 sustainability message of that movie and about living with nature and within you know i think kind of offsets it if you will but that being said i got a couple of thoughts surprise um number one i'd want to point out that we recent well you recently brought on bonnie schneider to work at digital cxo she'll be doing some written articles and and a bunch of videos around sustainability and and this is a, a woman who's been on i think it's msnbc or cnbc uh has written several books on climate change and sustainability, so I think she's going to really bring us a perspective that we haven't had before at Digital CXO. So I, you know, encourage our audience to follow Bonnie and what she's doing with us. That being said, I think to many in the United States, sustainability was synonymous with tree huggers and people who drink wheat germ grass, and that's not the sustainability we're talking about here. sustainability here is, you know, carbon footprint, sustainability here. Yeah. It's tied to climate change. Right. And, and, and kind of slowing that down, but it's also tied to just being smarter about how we use resources. Those are all good things. The other thing is I think it could set off a wave of innovation in perhaps digital transformation in alternative materials and, and ways of thinking about things, right? Think about just during COVID from people who work from home, right? And didn't commute anymore. How much less gasoline and or other fuels for trains and buses and stuff did we save from you know packing in that Long Island Railroad like sardine cans into Penn Station or the, or Metro North in the Grand Central. So I think it's going to cause us to think about how we do things better, which is to me really the heart of digital transformation. I don't think we do digital transformation just to be digital or to be cool. right? The only reason to do digital transformation because is because it allows you to serve your customers better. And I think that's what sustainability is going to be about as well how to serve the earth better and us is its inhabitants.
0: All right. I don't think I want to do it every day, but I am going to hop on the new bright line out of uh, Boca, Boca in a couple hours. So, uh, you know, the train is definitely making a comeback. Speaking Let me know how that goes. All right. Speaking of comebacks everybody is looking for some sort of bounce back on sales regardless of vertical industry or wherever they are and my question to you up top is salesforce had this report talking about the lack of digital transformation and sales management and processes basically the last time we did anything amazing was you know we created a crm application otherwise known as a database of your sales contacts do you think that maybe Sales being the primary example, but it almost there's a lot of routine stuff that we have not digitally transformed that could maybe have a bigger benefit than some of these large grandiose home run plays that people have in place. so I think
1: the the irony of Mark Benioff at Salesforce talking about the lack of digital transformation in the CRM market should not be lost on anyone, okay I mean it, it's kind of a bit of an oxymoron, but mm-hmm. that being said. In the tech world, when we hear about automation, the usually the second shoe that drops afterwards is, and it's going to cost people their jobs. We're going to automate out of existence. We're going to make you obsolete. What you do now is going to be automated. And that's not the way automation works in the real world, or at least in our world in tech here. Usually what happens is automation takes up the mundane, the repetitive the kind of mindless tasks that waste our time freeing people up to do higher value things that are more interesting generally and and higher value to their company and and makes them more valuable. I think the sales and the salesman's role or salesperson's role, excuse me, is a perfect example, right? Salespeople, and and this is not new. This has been going on since I ran sales teams 20 years ago. They're told they have to spend an inordinate amount of time on administrative tasks, feeding, feeding the sales force monkey, right? Because if it's not up to date, it didn't happen. If it's not in Salesforce, it didn't happen. But salespeople don't want to be updating Salesforce. They want to be out talking to prospects, prospecting, trying to sell stuff, not filling out forms. We have it here in TechStrong. You know this. It's a constant challenge, making sure what we have in our CRM is, is up to date. I think the challenge to the sales forces of the world is how do you automate all of that administrative time that salespeople waste filling out all these forms and keeping up to date. And, you know, we've tried like emails automatically get routed into the right accounts and stuff like that, but we still spend an inordinate amount of time on administrative tasks. And that's just sales. I think the same thing is true in marketing. I think the same thing is true in editorial. And I, I, you know, chat, the, the chat, thing being a perfect i hopefully we're going to touch on that um, there's places where automation makes sense and places that you know that we desperately need it and places maybe we don't
0: i think that's basically when it comes down to it, it's like let's just figure out what all the scut work is and automate it so we can do the more interesting work right
1: yep i mean <laughs> it, of course it's easier said than done right but but that's for someone else to figure out mike we just sit here and participate about it a great gig if you could get
0: it there you go well let's jump into what is the next level of automation so everybody and his brother is talking about this chat GPT thing and it's rather compelling in the sense that you can ask it to do something and it does create something that feels like an article or feels like a chat or you know it, it has a greater sense of reality about it than say the previous tools and yet it does seem to have some issues in that it doesn't quite distinguish between you know what's true and what's false and just kind of rolls it all up together. And you wind up with a lot of missing. Why? People do. People can just dis- distinguish between what's true and false. And theoretically, at least the people who are publishing it, like you and I, should be able to distinguish. You hope true
1: so. You hope so. Anybody could be a publisher in, in the Internet. Right. No one knows you're a dog. So my my take on this Chat GPT thing though is first of all, I love that the people who, who were behind it came out with the uh, the anti-venom that could look at anything and tell you if it was written by their AI or not. Right. I think that's going to be an important tool. I mean, think of forget being an editorial writer. Mike, think about being a university professor right now and you're giving out essays, right, for students, homework assignments, tests, whatever it is and they're handing in these chat gbt things um it's nuts right how are you supposed to know so having a tool like that is you know it's almost like you know when they when i forgot what show it was but if you were a clone you had the c on your forehead or whatever so people knew you were a clone it's important that we develop i think norms For instance, I saw an email that I I received the other day where it said this email has been generated by an AI program. If it's off base, wrong, whatever, let us know. But at least they notified you that this wasn't coming from a real person, even though it came from a person's email address. right? I think we need to develop those sort of norms for for this because this isn't going away. Maybe you can't distinguish so well today, but it's going to get better every iteration. Technology shows us these things don't go away, Mike. But you know something I learned in law school from my con law teacher, who who actually he taught con law at Stanford before he came to my school, and he Rehnquist, Chief Justice Rehnquist, and Sandra Day O'Connor, his are his students, and he always said that the abortion issue was a technology issue. That one day technology will catch up. To the issue that when Roe was decided, you know, that 90 day thing was the state of the technology that would change as technology changed. But he also taught us that society always lags technology, right? So it's going to take this chat and these other AI programs a little bit of getting out ahead of us before society catches up with what are the norms and what are the mores and what are the right processes. When you use it, when you don't use it, when you do use it, how is it labeled, right? But until then, I think we're in for a bit of a, a bumpy ride of of just, you know, of, of fraudulent stuff, people putting this stuff out. It's going to get better. It, it's not perfect now, but it's going to get better. Bef- and, and we have to learn to deal with it.
0: I can't wait to see what it does to our political campaigns, because, you know, all those folks are very truthful in everything that they put up.
1: That's what I had in mind when you said who could tell the difference between true and false. But I mean, think of it. I mean, all kidding aside, think about that. Think about that. Yeah, I, I saw someone the other day said, write me a rap song about this and the things writing a rap song. Um, it's crazy. I mean, it really is. It's game-changing, but we just have to figure out as a society how how to harness that. And, and if I can indulge this for one more second, Mike. This is a relatively benign use of AI. As AI continues to improve and get better and smarter, if you will, what else? You know, what else does this thing turn on its head? And, um, Wow. That's something that, you know, can scare the heck
0: out of you. it'll start writing code next for sure. And speaking of things that it will turn on its head, Google. Do you think that the traditional search engine is going to suddenly become somewhat antiquated because instead of being presented with, here are the search results of 12 things that may or may not be interesting to you based on your um, terms that you entered into a box, this thing will present you a full report on the very subject you're looking for.
1: What makes you think Google doesn't have AI that's already capable of doing that?
0: Well, Google officially says that they have not done that because they cannot guarantee the authenticity and accuracy of the thing. So,
1: Yeah. Well, let me so let me you know last month I did a Google search and the 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 ad that came up first on the Google page was malware. And, you know, thank God I recognized it. So even without AI, Google can't guarantee the authenticity of anything. Right. And and so here, but here's the, the bigger issue also. If, it, if this AI thing becomes so good that that becomes what people want to use overwhelmingly, Google can die or adopt it. My bet is they adopt it. My bet is they're already perfecting it. And when the time is right, they'll use it. All right, right? this is this is what these companies do. They don't crawl up and fade away. They just buy the next technology or develop it.
0: All right, folks. There are two things that are certain. One is this show was produced by humans. And number two mm-hmm. is that I'm not coming, in AI. <laughs> yeah. And this coming year is gonna have a lot of change. So buckle in now. Alan, thanks for being on the show. Mike, thanks. All right, folks, you can find this episode on the Digital CXO website where you can find complete episodes as well as show notes with the links to the stories we discussed today. And you can follow us on your favorite social media platform and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you all next time.